0: Business. Yes, folks, it's Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific. I'm Fred McMurray with my co-host, Ray Pillar. This is the Pillars of Franchising, bringing you the secrets of success in franchising. Ray, how are you doing today? I am fantastic.
1: I am sitting We're- at the Sturgis our Ar- rv park in my rv on the third tier looking over the city of Sturgis. and right now it is cloudy it's about 73 degrees no rain it's beautiful out light breeze it's fantastic out here
0: but ray i thought your territory was around naperville and aurora illinois not sturges that's a long way to go to clean houses
1: Oh, it is. It is. But you know what? you got to go where the work is, right? No. (laughs) I'm on vacation.
0: And yet you're broadcasting from Pillars of Franchising Mobile Broadcast Studio in Sturges, right? That is correct. Hey, it's nice to know we have Mobile 1 and Mobile 2 studios to broadcast from, isn't it?
1: Yes, it is. It's fantastic. And uh, probably next week I'll be at uh Gillette, Wyoming. And and then Spearfish.
0: <laughs>
1: South so you gonna make it out we,
0: you gonna make it out to me? You gonna make it all the way out here?
1: Where's out here?
0: Shell Beach, California. You know where it's nice and in the mid seventies almost year round, and the ocean's calm. And actually, Monday and Tuesday this week from the office, we saw whales going past. Beat that one! Oh,
1: no, Fred, that's that, that's just too far to drive. That's just too far. Maybe next year we'll get out to you. All
0: right, all right, we'll we'll <laughs> we'll see about that. Who's our guest today? So, right?
1: Our guest is Todd Weiss. He is the uh, He's the Franchise Consultant and Career Transition Specialist with the uh, Franchise Consulting Company. How you doing,
2: Todd? Hi, gentlemen. Hi, Todd. How are you doing this afternoon?
0: Doing great.
2: Where are you Todd? How today, are you, Fred? Todd?
0: I'm fine. Well, Where are you?
2: Uh, well, actually, uh, my, my base of operation is, um, sounds like we got another guest there, um, on Long Island. Uh, however, I am up in Naples, Maine for a couple of days, uh, taking some time off.
0: Ooh, going lobster hunting.
2: Uh, I'm not going to hunt for them. I'm probably just going to, you know, drive down the street and there's plenty available and you don't have to be them or anything like that. So that's, that's the kind of way I roll with, uh, with, with lobstering, um, but it is beautiful. It's God's country, and it's um, I'm overlooking uh, Long Lake in Naples, Maine. Sweet.
1: I, I think that's really cool. So we got someone on the East Coast, someone on the West Coast, and someone right in the middle.
0: Hands right? across America. Yep. What a yeah. great thing.
1: Yeah. Sorry about the dogs, but uh, they are in the RV with me and. Uh, uh, Mobile you know, sometimes somebody studio. walks by, and you know they, you know, I'll, I'll put myself on mute when that happens.
0: <laughs> Mobile broadcast so, studio one.
1: Yeah, yeah that, well, you know, you, you you gotta live with it. It's the way it is. So Todd, tell me a little bit about
2: yourself. Sure. Well, I mean, um, uh, I'll give you my—I'll give you a brief overview of my background. Um, I, I've been in franchising in some way, shape, or form for the last 10 years. Um, prior to my career in, in franchising, uh, I actually worked on Wall Street and commercial real estate finance at Merrill Lynch, and I did that for about 13 years. Uh, but over the last 10 years, I've been a franchise broker. I've also been a franchisee. I had a couple of fitness centers in Appleton and Neenah, Wisconsin. And uh, now I work with uh, the franchise consulting company, helping folks with um, identifying franchise models aligned with their goals and objectives.
1: Well, that's fantastic. That means you have a little personal experience in what it's like to be on a franchise owner's uh, uh, perspective, which is really good. So. So you then you help people who are interested in buying a franchise, is that correct?
2: correct so I mean how how the process works it's it's very much like a realtor or an executive recruiter where uh, we work with folks who are thinking about owning and operating a business um, and, and in effect, what we do is we we guide them through the steps and ultimately match them with franchise concepts that are aligned with their goals and their objectives.
1: Oh, cool. So do you work with any particular franchise owners or are, are you just pretty much all, all over the place?
2: Uh, it's a great question. Um, I work with about 200 uh, to 250 different franchise brands, uh, really representing a cross-section of, of different industries, uh, different types of businesses. You know, um, there's all different types of models available depending on the goals, skills, and objectives of the folks that are, are thinking about owning and operating a business.
1: So what are some of the suggestions that you would give folks that are thinking about, you know, inquiring about a franchise?
2: Well, I mean, you know, I, I, the the first thing is it it really depends on the, the, the stage of, of where the person is. If, if, if their interest is, is somewhat curiosity, I mean, my suggestion would be that there's tons of good reading materials out there uh, that you can get on Amazon. And a good, a good suggestion would be to, to order a book or two and start reading about it just to get, get the basics of understanding. I would, I'd probably do that. Versus what many folks do, and that start looking at information on specific brands, because that can that can actually confuse the process a bit without a foundation, without an education. So, um, and a starting point, would always be to start looking at a book or two and start reading about it. That that would be my my first suggestion.
0: So then, so do you, they you, should you, get a wait. Uh, wait, uh, right. per, wait. wait. Yeah. I got a question for you. Do okay, you, Todd, do you have any books you'd recommend? Anybody yes, I, we'd know. I can
2: tell you. Yes, you, you, you probably know the name of this person. Um, surprise, surprise! But actually, every client that I work with, I send them a complimentary copy of the book called The Franchise MBA by uh, Nick Mianakis, and uh, that's that's one of the, the the top selling books on Amazon of franchising. But I want to go a little bit deeper and tell you why I like it it covers two important aspects of someone who's thinking about owning and operating a business. First, it talks about the mindset in terms of where you are today and where you want to be. And that's, that's a qualitative aspect that you need to understand and research before jumping into a model. Then it breaks down tactical questions uh, on how to actually go about, go about researching a business. So uh, the franchise mba is, is is the one that I highly recommend when it comes to books on franchising.
0: so that's that's awesome. Um, who'd you say wrote that?
2: Uh, Nick Mianakis.
0: Ray, we had we know him, don't we?
1: Of course we do. Yeah, he's a good friend of ours.
0: You've had him on the show? Actually. Still there? Yeah, we're all here. So I was just kind okay. of chuckling. You're cracking me up. So another question for Todd: You're, Do you see any regionality toward what people pick for franchises? So in other words, do are people in California more likely to pick a different type of franchise than they are in New York?
2: Um. Not not really. Uh, I, I don't really see uh, a big variance in terms of uh, at least at least in my experience. It, 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 people have different different preferences, different goals, different objectives. Uh, but, you know, brands want to be in California. Brands want to be in New York. Brands want to be in Naples, Naperville. Brands want to be in Houston. So I, I really don't see a lot of disparity from a regional standpoint. Um, you know, the, the, the one word of caution might be, you know, you, if you're in a market like New York or Los Angeles, where the cost for, for rental rates and, and cost of occupancy might be higher, you might be a little, you might have to be a little bit more careful when you're looking at the, the business model. But no, to answer your question, I, I don't really see a difference between uh, a specific model of someone in California or someone in New York or a different part of the country.
0: Ray, you got one.
2: Well,
1: you know, I I, I was wondering sort sort of uh, uh, part of that question is basically how it, you, know, you asked if there was any particular franchise that that were people were in any part of the country more attuned to, and I was wondering if there. If you find that there are certain franchises that people seem to gravitate towards, but then change their mind, you know, so is it the food industry that they gravitate towards, and then maybe they realize that's really not for them, and go into something else like the the fitness thing, or or uh, vice versa.
2: Well, I mean, it's, that's, that's actually a good question, and I can see see where you're going with it. Um, you know, typically what happens is, typically, but it's very common, it, it, for, for a first-time franchise buyer or a person that's that's investigating wow. franchise ownership for the first time, um, they always think of food first, because I think that represents something like 30 to 35 percent of all franchises. Uh, but then once you start having a discussion with them and let them know that, look, there's There's all different types of franchise systems. Not everything is brick and mortar. Not everything is food. And when you start talking to them about different business models, different sectors, I mean, that could be senior care. It could be home improvement. It could be a B2B type business. That's why the education aspect is really, really important because, you know, sometimes – or oftentimes, people go into looking at it with preconceived biases that you know food is what they have to do. When in reality, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of different options in different sectors. Which is one of the reasons why I tell folks that you really need to educate yourself, you know, up front uh, to learn more about what's available.
1: I think a lot of people don't don't realize what is available. And um, with that question, I want to ask you: uh, What are some of the uh, what people wouldn't even think about? What are what are some of the franchises that are available that people are not even asking about?
2: Do you, do you want to do, do you want me to get into names of specific brands, or should I? It's probably just start with just kind of specific industries. That's
0: probably the yeah, Brands, brands, brands. brands. Sorry, Brands. Okay. Okay, we want to we want to we want to we, we, we want to
2: create some some positive, some positive buzz. All right. I mean, here, here's a brand that
0: hey, we come time out, time out. before we do that, we need to uh, tell our listeners they can call us at three, two, three, five, eight, zero, five, seven, five, five. That's three, two, three, five, eight, zero, five, seven, five, five. We want to thank the Link Local Network for carrying us. And then we want to have a word from one of our sponsors. Ever wonder how
2: successful business people get educated about franchise business options? The Franchise Consulting Company is a group of over 100 franchise professionals with more than 2,000 years of franchise experience. We help our clients select and investigate franchise companies. And like a realtor, our services are free of charge to you. Our fees are paid by the seller. Reach out to us to learn more and get a free copy of The Franchise MBA, the number one bestseller and highest-reviewed book on Amazon in the franchise category. Our website is thefranchiseconsultingcompany.com, or feel free to call us on 800-321-6072.
0: Sorry about that. We didn't want to annoy Nick. He'd be really pissed off if we didn't let him speak <laughs> yeah. So now, back to your question.
2: Uh, okay, so, so we were talking about specific brand sectors and what might not be available. And, and of course, yeah. you wanted me to mention some brand names. But let me, let me talk about concept first, then I can drill down into a couple specific brands.
0: Um,
2: I, I happen to have a number of clients that get involved or have gotten into business in the home services sector, um, home improvement sector. And, and traditionally, a buyer might think, okay, listen, I, I've, I, I'm not handy. I'm not handy. I've never grabbed a hammer. I don't like to build stuff. I don't like to fix stuff, so home improvement isn't the right direction for me. But in reality, models like this aren't necessarily looking for someone with technical skill. They're looking for someone with executive white-collar skills, albeit in a a more traditional blue-collar industry. Uh, Furthermore, these models are geared towards folks who um, have good sales skills and good management skills. So, you know, a couple of brands that, that I happen to like and happen to work with in the sector, um, you know, uh, uh, Budget Blinds. I've done a number of number of deals with them, and I've got a number of happy clients with them. Uh, Concrete Craft, which is another brand that's um, uh, as, far, as part of the home franchise concept brands. Um, I like Pest Master Services. That's um, more in the in, in the um, insect remediation with uh, a couple of interesting aspects to it. Uh, I also like restoration. I put a lot of people in restoration-type businesses. Um, You know, when people start looking at franchising, uh, like you said, it's not uncommon that they think food, they think McDonald's, they think Dunkin' Donuts. They also think they can't really afford it because, you know, if you look at a McDonald's or look at a Dunkin' Donuts, they think, man, I need several hundred thousand dollars to do that, Um, in certain instances upwards of a million. But when you actually drill down and look at some of these other sectors that I've just referenced, Um, you can get into these models at a significantly reduced cost um, while not necessarily sacrificing um, the income that you may be looking to target.
0: I think one of the things
1: that when I I was looking for a franchise, one of the things that uh, my consultant says, well, you want to work in the franchise or on the franchise? And for whatever reason, that really kind of rang with me. And uh, that's why I selected the franchise I did because uh, I really wanted to work on the franchise and not in it. And I, I know a lot of people who who decided to purchase a franchise and are working in it, and they're not able to develop it as it should be developed.
2: Right. So it's it's when we we talked initially about educating yourself, and, and one of the things. That, that that I do and that we do is I, I go through the different ownership roles even even if, if if that particular role might not fit that specific person, just so they have an understanding of what's out there, you know how does the person wind up opening 15 subways? right? Well, you know, am I absentee or absentee? Understanding that role where, yeah you know you you you're, you can keep your existing job but you've got to build your management team and then you know right. like yourself Ray you you wanted to be more involved in the day-to-day operations from an executive ownership perspective and that's going to take you a completely different direction there's, there's no right or wrong it's more along the lines of what is it that you want you know what what, is, what do you want your business or your franchise to generate for you
1: mhm yep definitely Uh, There there are a few people who just simply want to work in the business and uh, they're satisfied with that. And do you continue with them uh, or do you try to nudge them towards uh, uh, running the business from a more executive standpoint?
2: I don't, I don't, I basically go through the different ownership types and different attributes and then I guide them accordingly. So, like, I'll give you an example. I was I was on a discussion with a client yesterday, and, and this gentleman is is very successful in, in, in a corporate in a corporate role. Uh, he likes doing what he's doing, but he wants to diversify his income stream and build a mini empire. And during that discussion, mm-hmm. he kept he kept coming back to, well, I like the business to business sector. And what I said to him is I said, look, that, that's great, and it, it's a good sector. There's, there's lots of good models in that area. But the reality is those models are designed, you know, 99.99% of them are designed for a full-time commitment. And unless you're going to walk away from your corporate career, which I, I that didn't make sense to me, you're not going to be able to look more into that sector we, we should probably explore a couple of different options, where you know your time commitment might be a couple hours a week.
1: Are there many Make- options out there with absentee owners, though? I mean, most of the time, you at least the first several to five years, you've got to spend full time at at a franchise, don't you?
2: No, not necessarily. I mean, like I'll give you an example. I had two fitness centers. I live in New York. Okay, I had two fitness centers in wisconsin and i had i probably i had for five years and i probably set foot in those locations maybe five or six times during my ownership and the reason i was able to do that was uh, i built a a management team Um, i had staff overseeing the operations and so pretty much my, my initial commitment was about 10 hours a week for the first I would say, three to four months as I was getting my arms around the business and also negotiating and handling the build-out. But once I built that management team in place, uh, they oversaw operations, and I I had all the tools to track all the data and, and, you know, check things like revenue, staffing, how the studio was doing. So, you know, there there are plenty of of semi-absentee, absentee-related businesses out there. Um, You know, it's just you have to investigate them.
1: I'm sure that would be attractive to a a lot of owners, potential owners, I should say. Go ahead, Fred.
0: i got a question for you. So you said you wanted to work on the business. If you had actually been buying, let's say, a microbrewery franchise, would you still want to work more on the business or in the business? Are you asking Ray, me? I'm asking Ray, yes. Would
1: would you rather be drinking the
0: beer in the business or cleaning houses on the business?
1: I think uh, if I had had a bre- microbrewery, I would be working in the business and
0: enjoying I the and the
1: profits on both ends <laughs> the products and the, and the profits
0: that's what i thought okay so Todd, <laughs> pest master is that kinda like um people who want to take insects or bugs as pets as pets it's
2: a great Never great mind. question it's it's uh, it's 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 um <laughs> it's an interesting. Model, and what I like about it is the the entry point is well you can say low it's a relative term but you could probably get into the business for inside a hundred thousand dollars but it, it has scalability it's a van based <clears throat> model and what they're doing is they're they're actually targeting you know what 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 is Pestmaster they they get rid of bugs. Right. That's what they do. They go into places and kill rodents and all, all sorts of bugs, uh, which is not glamorous, but it actually is a very profitable sector. Uh, another interesting thing about this specific business is they're targeting their target clients are government entities. They're one of the largest providers of pest remediation services to federal, state and local governments. And what they do is they help their franchisees you know, procure these contracts and agreements so they can, they can ramp up their revenue quickly. So it, there's an added benefit of, one, they're going to help you get business faster. Two, the entry, the, the, the entry point in the business is lower relative to some other models. But three, you have a scalability factor where you can add more, more technicians and more vans as you grow your business. That's why I like it.
1: Definitely. Scalability is a big issue because you don't want to be locked into something that's going uh, you know, to keep you uh, small for a long time. So right. I'm going to change gears a little bit here and I ask you, what are some of the key factors you look for in a franchise model?
2: Okay, that's a great question. There's four there's four attributes that I look for when someone's looking into a franchise. Um Th- three of them are what I call quantitative numbers driven one of them's qualitative. The first thing is understanding the corporate culture of the organization and making sure that you as a potential owner fit within that culture. does that make sense? It, it
1: definitely does yes think yeah so some of some of our clients may not understand it though uh, i mean some some of our potential uh um, um, people looking for a franchise so you think you could elaborate
2: on that a little bit sure i mean think of it this way if you were if you were interviewing for a job um and you met all the key people within the organization it's important that you fit within that culture you have the same belief system same value system same way of being Do you actually like the people were these, are these people that you would be comfortable having a cup of coffee with or going out to dinner with and you could converse with? Are you comfortable from that standpoint? Because if, you're, if your way of being and their way of being um, are not in alignment, it, it can ultimately become problematic. Um, You've got to like the people you're getting into business with. That's the simplest way I could say it. And it's a very underlooked or overlooked aspect. Um, when people are looking into a franchise. I remember I had a client that was going on Discovery Day. He he investigated a business on his own and said he's going to go to Discovery Day. And I told him, I said, Joe, there's no way they're ever going to approve you. And he said, why? I said, because you don't fit their culture. Uh, And he said, what do you mean by that? I said, "You're you're not the person that they're looking for. There's no right or wrong here. I just say, you're not going to fit. They're not going to approve you. And lo and behold, he went there and he wasn't approved. Um, you know, I don't want to reiterate a negative or end on a negative story, but, you know, think, think about when you're looking at a franchise, do you like the people in the organization? Would you hang out with them? Are you comfortable with them? That's really the first thing. Um, the second important aspect that I think it's, it's critical is um, understanding or, or evaluating the critical mass of units that have been sold, how many franchise units do they have in operation? And like any franchise system, as they sell their first franchise, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, on and on and on, you know, they're going to be going through some some growing pains. It's just a natural evolution of a business. So when you're looking at a franchise, you want to make sure that the system you're getting into has worked out a lot of the kinks within the system and the system's operating smoothly. Um, Now, there's an exception to that one is there are people that are willing to get into a franchise that is newer, um, and that's, that's okay, too. Just understand that usually as a franchise grows, the first couple of franchisees will go through the natural growing pains of the business. So, you know, we start out with corporate culture. That's the first thing. The second thing is a critical mass of, of units to make sure the franchise worked out uh, worked out the system and it's, it's fine-tuned. Number three I, and number... Go ahead. Sorry.
1: No, number I was, was going to say two. I totally agree with uh, uh, with number one because that's what happened to me. I, I, I was totally... Uh, I totally liked the culture of the business I was getting into. And I think uh, that my wife had, uh, and I decided... The, without a doubt, that was going to be the business because uh, m- actually a majority part of it was because of the culture. We felt that we could fit in uh, easily, and it has worked out very well. The, the culture of the company, of course, other franchise owners uh, are you know exhibit the same culture uh, as the franchisor, and so uh, we have a fantastic uh, group of people in the Chicagoland area that uh, we even get together socially quite a bit. So. Uh, it is, uh, you know, if, if that's not your thing, then you probably wouldn't want to, you know, get into that t- franchise. I'm sorry, go ahead.
2: Perfect. Okay. Yeah. No. It's it's it's, and a lot of people don't think about it, but it's it's, it's very very important. Um, Segregating into the 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 third and fourth things that I think are really important um, is is having an understanding and making sure the franchise has an understanding of their key metrics, their unit economics, their their key performance indicators, their KPIs, right? Do they have tools in place that you can evaluate your performance from a statistical standpoint? You know, to give you an example, you know, I had a client the other day call me who just got into business and I said, "How many how many sales have you made?" And he said, "I've made I've made 3 sales." And I said, "How many appointments have you had?" And he said, oh, well, about 13 or 14. Now, I, don't, I can't do math in my head, and I don't have a calculator with me, but it demonstrated to me that his conversion ratio was, was 20%. And in, mm-hmm. in my yeah. opinion, I thought that was low. And mm-hmm. one of the things I told him was, I said, why don't you speak to the franchisee? It's great that you're making sales. It's great that you're getting... You know, it's great that you're getting appointments. And keep in mind, this 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 person is new in the business, and we you know we all learn. I mean, Ray, you can relate to that, I'm sure. And I said, but why don't you talk to the franchise? Why don't you talk to the franchisor and just talk about your statistics and your metrics? Because there's probably some things that you can do to improve your performance. And if you can increase that conversion ratio from say 20% to 50%, well, you've more than doubled your, your, your monthly income. And, but, but without, without the knowledge of those metrics and those KPIs, you know, you, you can't, you, you know, and we've all been there when we're in business. How am I doing? I'm not doing well. Well, if, if you're not looking at the metrics, the, the metrics can help you, you. They can tell you, look, this is what I need to work on. could also tell you that, hey, you're actually doing a pretty good job. Maybe, you know, maybe we need to advertise more. But, but no mm-hmm. knowledge of those key metrics is, is, is so important. And in my it opinion, is. the room, I, I, do you guys have any questions?
0: I feel like I'm talking too much. Well, actually,
1: no, no. I, uh, I, I, yeah, the only thing I want to say is uh, I, I think sometimes people forget why they buy a franchise, and it's for that type of help. For the, so, that, so they know what, what is the standard? Is 20% normal? It could be normal. You know, and then again, uh, you know, uh, it's way out of line. And in that case, the franchisor is there to help you get it back what they consider normal. It could be 50 percent. It could be 60 percent. You know, and uh, a lot of franchise owners seem to forget why they bought a franchise, and that is for that kind of help.
2: Yeah, I mean, I had one. Go
0: ahead say. So I need to, again, tell our listeners, you can call us at 323-580-5755. That's 323-580-5755. And a short word from our other sponsor, so our other sponsor doesn't kick me in the head. Hey, franchise
1: owners. Does the marketing that corporate provides for your franchise go far enough? Do you struggle to get local clients to call or come through your door? At Mediavine Marketing, we love working with franchises like yours to personalize and localize your marketing efforts through social media sites like Facebook or Instagram, in emails to your current and past customers, with Facebook or Google Ads, and whiteboard animation videos. Contact Mediavine Marketing today at 805-265-5440 or go to MediavineMarketing.com. That's 805-265-5440. MediaVine Marketing. We know franchises, and we want to help yours grow. There you so go. So, Fred, eh? who's who, who's MediaVine? MediaVine?
0: Hmm. Yeah. Well, they're a company that crossed a couple of oceans, or at least one ocean twice. Went to two different countries. Also, I didn't have to drive 20 minutes south of me knock on your door and get blown off because of that we went across an ocean and came back and actually got to meet you and yet that was six years ago
1: oh wow is it six years ago it's amazing yeah that flies.
0: maybe seven <laughs> you were what 14th or 15th in the nation then now you're 10th yeah oh, yay.
1: yeah yeah No. Tenth, ninth or tenth, I don't know. Depends on what day. <laughs>
0: I'm out there anyway, telling people ninth. I'm fine with that.
1: Yeah. So, uh, getting back to Todd, Todd, what you know, um, what are some of the suggestions you would make a potential franchise buyer to help them in researching a franchise?
2: Um, well, I, a number of different things, and um, I, the, the first thing is I just just keep it keep it very basic, create a plan, ask yourself, you know, these questions, what kind of income do you need the business to generate? Right. I have a lot of clients that say to me, well, that depends. And the answer to that is no, it really doesn't. Uh, If if you were looking for a job right now, if you were looking at switching jobs, you know, you, you would, you would have a salary requirement. So so write down what your income target is. Then ask yourself what's available for investment um and then how much time can you commit to the business now again i you know selfishly i'm in the business of helping people buy franchises and since the cost of our services are free i think you should work with a a qualified uh, consultant but if you're doing it on your own uh, i would create that plan based on that criteria Uh, another thing i would think about too is investigate financing options before you look at models so often than not people start with, with researching the models first, then finding out if they have the money second. And if you're looking at a house, right, that, that's how I probably take you know, make an analogy. You don't look at houses without being pre approved for a mortgage. So it doesn't hurt to talk about talk to a bank, there's hundreds of financing options available. Look at the different options that are available so at least you have a baseline. You know, then you can start looking at models. Um, couple other things, too. Always, always, always have a qualified attorney that exclusively practices franchise law, review franchise agreement. Spend the $2,000 or whatever it's going to cost to make sure you understand all the nuances of the agreement. And so both parties are getting into business together in a strategic and hopefully profitable part- partnership with a firm mutual understanding. Uh, again, before you sign that agreement, Spend a day or two with a franchisee at their location. See what it's like to operate in the day-to-day operations. Um, this will give you so much insight um, because you're going to get a feel for what it's like, and, and, and it's probably one of the most valuable suggestions I make to people when they're looking at a franchise.
1: Oh, I agree with that 100%. Actually, I I interviewed five uh, current owners and five past owners. And I was, I I was actually pretty shocked on the past owners, uh, of the franchise I was potentially trying to buy. And that I was waiting for them to say, Oh yeah, that, you know, the franchise did this to me or that to me. And and it wasn't the case. They, they basically said, you know, well, I ran out of money, uh, you know, didn't have the time, I had other commitments or, you know, things like that. So, it It really is a, an excellent idea, and i would I would also suggest not just one i I'd definitely try as many as you can uh you know uh, find out about to go ahead and interview those people
0: So Todd, my question is this: Did Ray pay you to give that answer you just gave because that's the same answer he's been given for since we started this show. so did he pay you somehow
2: no, I don't I don't know it's just it's two people that are that are, are, are really familiar and, and had experience in, in owning and operating. Um, you know, one, one clarification to that point, you know, you've got two aspects of, of the research in, in with franchisees. Um, one, speaking to franchisees, as Ray just mentioned, and he spoke to five. Um, yeah, every bit of that. You, gotta, you have to get a good cross-section of owners so you can get a good – good feel for uh, the operation and if they're happy. Yep.
0: So yeah, where it, it would is you important. Where would you recommend people finding where would you recommend people finding contact information from for franchisees from?
2: Well, it should be one as part of the due diligence process with the franchisor. They should tell you okay, after a series of steps uh, it's time for you to have validation calls uh, in the FDD, uh, the franchise disclosure document. There is a list of all the owners, so you can use that as a tool to call people. Um, it's also not uncommon for franchisors to do regularly scheduled uh, recorded calls in a group format. Um, that that can be helpful, um, but there's no substitute for the one-to-one discussions. And, and I even Mm. go, go to a point to take it one step further is you you should, you should actually, you know, spend a day at a physical location with a franchisor. Definitely. Yep.
1: So, uh, Todd, before we run out of time and before Fred yells at me, how's the best way for people to get a hold of you?
2: (laughs) Great. Well, I hope Fred doesn't, doesn't, doesn't yell at you. Um, but the best way to get a hold of me is to give me a call. Um, I can be reached at uh, 516-767-0605. Uh, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. If you go to just go into LinkedIn and type Todd Weiss, CFA, Charlie Frank Alpha, you can connect with me there. Uh, or shoot me an email. It's todd at thefranchiseconsultingcompany.com.
0: Or people can tweet at you, can't they?
2: They can. I do have a Twitter feed. I do not check that as often, but it's Todd CFA is my Twitter handle.
1: And what does CFA stand for, Todd? Uh, Chartered Certified. Financial Analyst. go okay. back from
2: my Wall Street days, Ray. Ah, okay. Don't hold that against me, though.
0: No, I'll, 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 I'll we try might. to. <laughs> I'm in California, so I will. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Fred,
1: any last questions?
0: Hmm. So we've talked about the FDD and using that. Um, one last question, because actually I'm writing a blog post for the Pillars of PillarsOfFranchising.com website right now and checking in with some of our past guests about their secrets of the FDD. And it's entitled, the post is, uh, franchise Disclosure Doc uh, Great sleeping aid That can bring you financial profit um, So As it's been long held That the best thing for insomnia Is the FDD or Franchise Disclosure Doc What's one of your secrets About reading an FDD
2: Well well, One thing is I, And I, I literally had a client That I talked to yesterday That, that read it cover to cover uh, right away, and and uh, bless his heart, he is a scientist by trade, so he can handle it. Um, I, I would I, I would I would recommend uh, reading it in segments over a couple days. I, I would do it side by side with uh, a notebook, or if you want to use something electronic, and any any section that you have questions, just reference the section and reference the question. So. By the time you, you ultimately get to the point where you're going to ask the franchisor about uh, about that about the specific item you have a question on, or if you're going to meet with an attorney, it's going to make the process a lot a lot smoother. So you know, read it with read it with pen and paper in hand, go through it slowly, um, and again, even I've had clients that that want to do it themselves. Uh, I always recommend have an attorney review it with you on a, from a formal basis, just so you're in firm understanding of, of what you're signing before you get on board.
0: Ooh, that's going to make it into the blog post. Great job. <laughs> so Todd, do
1: you have any last suggestions for uh, our listeners?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, business ownership and franchise ownership is, I mean, it's it's a great way to um, to earn a living and, and to build wealth, and uh, you just you know you, you have to follow some very specific processes and, and procedures and steps. And again, I I always recommend working with a qualified consultant to help you. If I only if I, I had one suggestion to people, and I tell this to all my clients, have fun while you're researching it. This should this should be a fun experience. It should be enjoyable. It shouldn't be stressful. Um, have, a, have a good time doing it. Um, that, that would be my final parting thought.
1: I, I certainly would have, agree with that, absolutely, because if you don't, and, uh, it just becomes another job. You might as well you know, punch the clock. And I've got to add to that that being in business is, is really great. It, it, is, it, it presents you with a certain amount of freedom that you don't have. When uh, uh, if you're working at a factory or you're working in in an office in a cubicle and it's, 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 it's uh, the freedom that you can enjoy with owning your own business and the pride in owning your own business is phenomenal.
0: And on that, we all agree. So we want to thank Todd Weiss of the franchise consulting company for being on our guest today. Uh, Ray and I will be back next week on the Pillars of Franchising at 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central, and 2 p.m. California time. If you've got any questions, you can submit a contact form on PillarsOfFranchising.com. So until next week, keep taking care of business.
1: Thank you,
2: Todd. Thanks, gentlemen.